0: All right, tonight is Youth Culture Night. Yes, and so we're going to talk tonight about something that's very relevant here in Kentucky, especially. Kentucky has one of the worst reputations uh, for two things in America. One, we have the, the worst high school graduation rate, All right. And also, we have the highest drug addiction rates in the country. So, if you want to aspire to be something awesome, move to Kentucky. Right? You know, there needs to be more light shown in Kentucky, and so maybe that's why God has us here. But I knew about the drug problem before I came to Kentucky. Uh, when we were considering God's call here, I was seeing articles in New Jersey newspapers, well, they were actually national newspapers, about this area related to the heroin epidemic. And they say that Louisville is, Louisville is the worst city in the country for heroin and drug abuse and that's very sad. In the news lately, there were two drug ado- drug overdoses that I'd like to talk about tonight. And in one case, the person who had the overdose started very far from God, got involved in drugs, and then ended up overdosing and then that has actually brought them closer to god and then in the other case somebody started off in a christian home and they started to wander and in their wandering they ran into drugs and in in that sadness of uh drug overdose they died and so it kind of looks do we have the apple tv up kind of looks like this i don't know if i'm going to be able to get this up fast enough to make it worth our while to try But youth room. Uh, Is there a code? 8906. 8906. Everybody's going to do that. Yeah, it's his credit card pin. All right, is it up there? Okay, so if I were to diagram the first one, it would look like, Far from God, drugs found God, drugs had a different role in the life of the second case, christian home drugs i couldn't figure out whether the drugs led to the being far from God or whether being far from God led to the drugs, which came first the chicken or the egg in that case, but either way, drugs is a terrible thing, and in certainly the the first case, if you were to ask the person. Should you do drugs so you can find God? Of course, they would say, no, that's ridiculous. You would never want somebody to do that. But it does give us a little bit of a testimony to the fact that God (coughs) can take terrible circumstances and turn them for good. So this evening, I want you to turn with me, if you would, in your Bible to Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Ecclesiastes is often a book of the Bible that's used in college ministries because it's very philosophical and people getting into college deal with those kinds of questions a lot more eagerly. But there are some important things for us to understand at any age here. Chapter 2 of Ecclesiastes. The first person that we're talking about this evening, the one that started off far from God, got into drugs, overdosed, and then came out of that and is now closer to God, actually sang in the Super Bowl on Sunday, Demi Lovato. We're going to talk about her this evening. Now, I want to say this up front, that Demi Lovato has a past that isn't very admirable at all, I mean. From a Christian standpoint she basically would do or say just about the opposite of what a Christian should do in a, any situation in public and so I'm not in any way trying to hold her up as an example of the way to live in fact uh, we w- might even say she's worth warning uh, others about because her music her music videos the things she's done and said in tabloids and uh, being very politically active and everything like that. She's very liberal and a lot of things that she has said and done. Uh, I, Jake, do you have that picture? Is it a, is it the picture of both of them? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the pic. No, put the other one back. All right. So this is Demi Lovato, Jake said, uh, you know, you search for an image of Demi Lovato, you've got to pick the first decent one you can find and then quickly look elsewhere uh, just because of, of the way she portrays herself out there in the world. So I am not trying to raise your interest in her really in the sense that you should follow her on Twitter or anything like that. But some things have happened in her life recently that point us to some really important stuff. And in, uh, in Ecclesiastes 2, it, it reminds me of people like Demi Lovato and other famous people. You can stick up the other picture. Does anybody know who the person on the left is? Toby Mac's son. Toby Mac's son his name is Truett. Does anybody know what happened with him recently? Drug overdose, Drug overdose and he died. He was at a party, and I believe that he took something laced with fentanyl, and uh, that turned out really bad. And so he was 21 years old, son of a very famous Christian artist, Toby Mac. And so there was a big shadow that he was living in. And he's an artist in his own right. Jake was playing a song of Toby Mac's earlier this evening and Truett actually sings part of that song. And I was like, that's really sad because he's not around anymore. But that was from when he was early on in high school. And so people that have followed DC Talk or Toby Mac for years have known about Truett because he shows up in some of Toby Mac's albums. But Truett was the kind of kid that had a hard time finding his identity and wanted very badly to make his own splash. He didn't want to live in his dad's shadow. He wanted to be known as his own, like, he wanted to make a name for himself apart from his dad's shadow, you didn't want to be like, you know, the known as the son of Toby Mac or anything like that. Some of you who have a sibling, maybe an older sibling that did really well in sports or something like that in your school, <coughs> may kind of feel a little bit of an understanding like that because there's this idea that, oh, you're so-and-so's little brother, or you're s- uh, oh, you're so-and-so's sister. And so, but Truett is very independent and he didn't want to live in that shadow like that. And so he decided that even when he put out his first music that he wouldn't even use his regular last name, he used the name Foster. And so the, um, I mean, not even taking So he, he wanted to forge his own path. Now, if your father is known for two things, music and faith, and you're locked into the music, the only way that you can make a difference for yourself is either doing something different from the music, and he really didn't, he did rap, is he he explored other things outside of the faith in order to try to create space for himself to move into the light or out from his dad's shadow. And so it, it got him sucked into a culture that ended up being what killed him. And it's very tragic, and so that's the bottom you know line in that little diagram that I had where you start out in the Christian home, you add to the mix um, some unhealthy stuff leads to drugs, and one thing leads to another, and, and then uh, tragically he ends up dead. Now, many of you, maybe most of you, or perhaps even all of you, have grown up in some sense in the, in, in the Christian atmosphere where people go to church whether it's your family or relatives and so your identity sort of that's kind of handed to you is one of church-going christian people and at some point along the line everybody decides whether or not they're going to make that their own path or whether they're going to forge a different path and some people that have identity crises have a hard time following the path of their parents into faith, especially if they haven't seen their parents to be the best examples. And then they, you know, like, they, they talk a talk, but they don't walk the, the walk. And so that can be really hard. And so you can identify maybe m- more with the, the Truett McKeon situation than the Demi Lovato situation. But what we'll start doing right here is talk a little bit more about Demi Lovato's thing because so many people look at these famous actors and singers and, you know, these flashy s- stars, these superstars, and they look at them with envy. They try to dress like them. They try to... Uh, you know, get them to follow them on like social media or respond to them or something by you know, hashtagging something and letting them just see. Or what? There's 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 this idea that there's this irresistible desire to have them notice us. We so we we'd go out of our way to try to emulate them maybe, in in wrong ways. And uh, and why do we do that? Because we have this underlying feeling that they have something, that it. That if we could just have something like that, it would make us satisfied. It would fulfill us. It would make us happy. Others would, would want to be around us. We could be the popular person beyond anything that our school has ever seen. And there's a a significant draw to that. People really want to be like that. But in Ecclesiastes 2, it tells us something about chasing after those kinds of things. Look with me at what it says here. And this is Solomon talking. He said, verse 1, So I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure and enjoy yourself. But behold, this also was vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad and of pleasure. What use is it? I searched with my heart how to cheer my body with wine, my heart still guiding me with wisdom, and how to lay hold on folly till I might see what was good for the children of man to do under heaven during the few days of their life. I made great works, built houses, and planted vineyards for myself. I made Myself gardens and parks, and planted them all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to to water the forests of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves, and had slaves who were born in my house. I I had also great possessions of herds of flocks, more than anyone who had been before me in Jerusalem. And I also gathered for myself silver and gold and treasure of kings and provinces. I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines, the delight of the sons of man. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. My ri- wi- wisdom remained with me, and whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure, for my heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was my reward for all my toil. Then I considered. All that my hands had done, and the toil had expended in doing it, and behold, all was vanity, a striving after the wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun. So Solomon learned through all of his pursuit of wealth, power, uh, sex, and uh, building things, and ambition, and trying to reach the top, was that all of that did not bring happiness. And when we see somebody like Demi Lovato who reaches the top of the pile, who has enough money that they could, you know, do basically anything they want in life, yet we find them getting hooked on drugs, ending up in rehab, almost dead. How can that be? Why would somebody that is that popular, that beautiful, that well-connected, tha- all the advantages that you could think of in life are all theirs and yet it leaves them empty and they turn to something else to feel something so that they're not numb to life. And, and so it's important for us who aren't on that you know top rung of the ladder to realize that, you know what? The Bible might be on to something when it says godliness with contentment is great gain. There are people that don't have much that are very, very content. Contentment in life <coughs> is really, ultimately, I think, what people <coughs> are, s- are striving for. They want to be happy. They want to they get to a place in life where they're just like, I'm okay right where I'm at. I'm satisfied with 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 where God has me. I'm I'm at peace in my circumstances. And that is not always going to be just meaning that 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 the oceans calm and and everything is going perfect. But there is uh, the Bible calls a peace that passes understanding that even in the midst of storms of life, pain and problems that we can go through those things in ways that other people don't have the ability to go through. Why? Because we have a God who goes with us. And when we become satisfied in Him, then our aspirations in life will not mean so much to us. And that does not mean that we just decide that we're going to sit on the couch and play video games our whole lives because we don't want to aspire to anything. No, the Bible talks about working hard and Having kind of a holy ambition to do God's will and to do uh, to do things for f- to 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 change the world so to speak and shine the light and to, to be make a difference, but when we pursue the things that the world thinks make us satisfied, it's all going to be climbing the ladder up, leaning against the wrong house, and so what we have to do is remember people like Demi Lovato and what it was that did it. Now, in her case, she was quite a mess. And uh, this is something that showed up in a recent article. And I wanted to read part of it to you. So she nearly died from an overdose in July of 2018. And she revealed in a recent uh, interview with Zane Lowe from Apple Music that Um, she credited God for her recovery and then now she is attending church. She said, quote, I was not really a big church person even like a month ago. I tried to seek God through other experiences, whether that's through other relationships or substances. And it's just like I had to realize that the God that I'm seeking, the God that I love and that the God that I want to be my God is available 24-7 always there, constantly with me. I need to focus on myself and my relationship with myself and my relationship with God. And she credited her manager, Scooter Braun, for helping her find a good church, the popular manager who also represents Justin Bieber, uh, who has also recently, in the last couple of years, had a lot of things happen in his spiritual life, and we've talked about him. And Ariana Grande. And, and uh, so Justin Bieber, uh, his manager, who's also her manager, invited her to a Bible study, and she decided to go. He said, hey, do you want to go to a Bible study? And I was like, wait, aren't you Jewish? And Lovato uh, explained that he took her there and heard God clearer than I had heard him in a long time. And so, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Um, She said, I shied away from church for many years. I didn't feel welcome. All right, think about that. Are we making people feel welcome here? I was also questioning my sexuality, she revealed. And uh, so, she, uh, she says, I found a place out here in L.A. that is helping me. They love me no matter what, and they don't judge me. That's what I needed, and gave me space to find God. She was baptized last year in the Jordan River and celebrated her experience on Instagram. Now, I I think we should pray for people like this because if they're coming out and saying things about God like this, there are going to be a lot of people that think it's not real, Remember when we talked about Snoop Dogg? And then we talked about Kanye West. We talked about Justin Bieber. Now we're talking about Demi Lovato and we're saying, okay, what's the revival going on in Hollywood? Well, who knows? Is that impossible for God? But it took her coming to the end of a rope for her to reach the bottom and then look up. And that happens to people and so when that happens, we should do whatever we can to help them. And I think it's really important for us to, when, when we see things like that happening with people that have bad reputations, and maybe it's a friend of yours that you would think, of all my friends, that is the last person on earth that I think would ever come to Jesus. And now you say to yourself, well, if somebody like Demi Lovato can come to the end of herself, and then find Jesus, why can't my friend? And think about our youth group and think about your desire to bring a friend here and them come through the doors and be welcomed, even if they look different than us, even if they talk different than us, maybe they smell different than us, or whatever, Are they going to find this place to be the kind of place that Demi Lovato found in the church in L.A. so that she could find space there to find Jesus? That's a really powerful question, and I would hope that we could be a church like that. And so what I want you guys to take away from this message this evening is that as you grow, you're going to think, long and hard about who you are, whether you're going to have an identity crisis or not, I don't know exactly. But at some point in life, you're going to have to make decisions about what you're going to do with your life, who you're going to present yourself to other people as. In the case of Truett McKeon, he decided to uh, kind of uh, wander away from his roots. They were good roots, solid roots, but he couldn't connect with them or he couldn't yield to them. Only he and God know exactly what was going on in his head. But the results were tragic, and many people do wander away from the faith that they were brought up in. And it's very sad when I see those things happen. But I'm also very greatly encouraged when I see somebody that seems like a lost cause coming to faith. The fundamental difference, or one of the major differences, most significant differences between the American mindset and the one we find in the Bible related to these issues is that the American mindset is this. You can make yourself into anyone you want you to be. That includes, you know, um, I'm, Poverty, I'm in poverty, I can make it into riches. I'm, you know, (laughs) Michael Jackson, I was black, I can turn myself white. If I'm a boy, I can turn myself into a girl. If I, uh, I can do whatever I want with myself. I'm an individual, and and, and, uh, all I need to think about is what I want, what makes me feel (coughs) most validated and and, and fulfilled. That mindset is so powerfully preached everywhere today in America, but it is dead wrong. The reason it's dead wrong is because it focuses 100% of your attention on yourself. And if everybody is focusing 100% on themselves, that makes everybody hyper selfish and if everybody is out for their own benefit it's just going to be just many wars everywhere and there's never going to be unity people won't be coming together love will lose its meaning because it will be all self-focused and the bible's understanding of love which is others focused will be lost in all of that and so what the bible says in contrast to the american mindset is that you don't make yourself who you want to be. You discover who God made you to be. And that is a very powerful difference. And that is the one that will ultimately make you happy and satisfied. Because if God made us and we resist his design, it's only going to break us. We can only find fulfillment when we uh, uh, embrace who God made us to be. And the other part, the other piece of that is that in the Bible, the emphasis isn't on the individual, it's on community. It's on togetherness. And when you have a bunch of people that are thinking about others more than they think about themselves, you have a place where needs get met where people are cared for, where people feel welcome, where people feel a sense of family, where agape love is practiced and what the world really is looking for, we would be experiencing that and then, then they look in on that and say, "Aha." You know, I've been pursuing my own this and that, and I've been thinking all about myself and how I can make me happy. And these people have it. And it's exactly the opposite of what I've been thinking all along. It's not about me. It's about spending my life for others rather than using others to fulfill me. And so there's powerful differences in the way the Christian and the non-Christian think on these things. So, let's get together in some random small groups and talk a little bit more about how this can impact our lives. All right.